RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by GamePrint. We thank them and our patrons for their support of Priority One Podcast. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 421 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Your weekly report from the Star Trek multiverse. Recorded live on Tuesday, July 9th, 2019, and available for download or streaming on Friday, July 12th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. And I'm Kat. And in a triumphant return is Anthony. Welcome back, Anthony. I am so glad to be back, and I want to just say a big thanks to Mike and Nick for filling in for me while I was gone. They did a fantastic job filling in. Why don't you tell our listeners where you've been these last two weeks? Well, uh, my wife and my two children, uh, we welcomed a new member of our family. Uh, My wife and I had a baby girl a couple weeks ago. Her name is Delilah Catherine Ray Cox. And uh, she is strong and healthy, and uh, and you may have noticed a Star Wars reference in her name, but there is also a Star Trek reference as well, uh, and that is Delilah and Catherine with a C. So, ah, it, well, Anthony, it's good to have you back. Really, it is, and congratulations to you, your wife, your entire family on a beautiful, healthy baby girl. Congrats! Thank you. Congrats. She's adorable. Well, Cat, why don't you tell us what we've got coming up this week? This week, we're checking out Gersha Phillips' design choices and her redesign necessities from the Paley Center. Then we're reading from Vizzini's Rules of Acquisition, appraising Star Trek, and redrawing Prime Ministers. In Star Trek Online and Gaming News, console captains get some free goodies, and all three of the Discovery-era lockboxes are returning to PC for a limited time. And Elijah has a few thoughts (coughs) rant about player retention. Of course, as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. And if you haven't thought to, we encourage you to open hailing frequencies. Reach out to us. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Priority One Pod. You can even send us an email via incoming at Priority One Podcast.com. Captains, before we even begin this show, we need to take a moment to thank our patrons, listeners like you, who offer a financial contribution each month to make sure that we can continue to produce the quality content you've come to expect from week to week. With the help of our patrons, we can help upgrade our digital tools, software for editing, or, for instance, our brand new website. If you haven't already checked that out, just visit us over at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Now, if you aren't familiar, Patreon is a method for you to support content creators like ourselves. The best part is that we offer incentives for contributing each month. For instance, at $5 a month, less than a cup of coffee, 
you can join us in a private Hangouts chat where we talk about the latest Star Trek news, things happening in Star Trek Online, or anything else nerdy and geeky that we want to talk about. For more information, just visit us over at patreon.com forward slash priority one. Offering a financial contribution may not be possible, and we totally understand. The next best method of supporting the show is by sharing Priority One podcast with your friends. When you start listening to our episodes, please share it. Most podcast apps make it easy to share an episode on social media, but you can also just follow us on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Then share, retweet, or repost. Now, let's check out all the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. This week, StarTrek.com advertised the final days of Discovery's Paley Center exhibit, Fight for the Future, by speaking with costume designer Gersha Phillips. In the 4 minute and 43 second video, Phillips spoke about redesigning the Telosians. The Telosians were a really cool species that we got to do, you know, reimagining them from the TOS and the, the original pilot. My first design, one of the notes I got from Alex was to try to, you know, look at the original things and revamp them. So I did my very first design. He actually threw back to me and said, could I go a little bit further and do what you do? Star Trek's costume designer also discussed the Red Angel suit, citing Scarlett Johansson's Ghost in the Shell costume as inspiration. She continued saying, When we were given the task, Mary also came up with this idea of the propeller wings that would push her through time, which is also really good. And we had this whole other idea where we were going to build up. It was going to be a pod, and then the angel suit would come out of the pod. That all dropped away. <laughs> we ended up with just what we had. You know, when we first were given it, it was said that the suit was a thousand years in the future. And then it turned out to be a suit that her mom was wearing from the past. <laughs> For more on Philip's designs, her design inspiration, the Klingon store, what items Ethan Peck stole from the wardrobe, and Wilson Cruz's thoughts on his uniform, check out the video link in our show notes. Can you imagine the Ferengi without their Grand Negus? The thought is inconceivable! You keep using the horde. I don't think it means what you think it means. The capitalist species could have fallen victim to any number of classic blunders, the most famous of which is never get involved in a land war in Asia, but only slightly less well-known is, well, it doesn't matter. What we're really talking about is the incomparable Wallace Shawn and his portrayal of top Ferengi Grand Negus Zek. This week, the 75-year-old New York native sat down with StarTrek.com to talk about his time on Deep Space Nine. Sean told the site that he had never owned a television and only saw pieces of Star Trek The Next Generation when in hotel rooms, but he was impressed, quote, I always thought, wow, the cinematography is so great and it's so interesting looking with these interesting looking people and creatures. So when I was asked to do DS9, I was thrilled. I loved the idea. Sean also had kind words about Star Trek's fans, telling StarTrek.com, quote, Star Trek fans are a particular group. They're very distinctive as people. There seem to be no evil Star Trek fans. They're a distinctly good-hearted group of people. It's an interesting group of people." End quote. For a link to the article, which provides insight into Sean's opinion of his fellow Ferengis and an encounter with a Star Trek executive, check out the show notes. I absolutely loved him in Princess Bride, and, you know, honestly, I grew to enjoy the Ferengi more in Deep Space Nine, especially, for instance, Wallace Shawn as Zek. That was that was a nice touch. I love that episode when 
Court goes home and Zach's in the closet <laughs> because Moogie is hooking up with Zach. <laughs> and Court's Mookie. like, why is the Negus in my closet? Did he find out I was here? Because he'd been banned. His, he had to give up his business license. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I never liked the Ferengi until like after I watched Deep Space Nine a couple of times. I agree. Well, Captains, that brings us to our first community question this week. How, if at all, did the Grand Nagus affect your opinion of the Ferengi? Let us know in the comments section for this episode at the newly relaunched PriorityOnePodcast.com or by replying to our social media posts asking this very same community question. If you like history, reality TV, or are just really jonesing for some new small screen Star Trek representation, PBS might have something for you. This week, the long-running appraisal series Antique Roadshow is setting its sights on outer space. The episode, titled Out of This World, is part of PBS Summer of Space promotion and will feature signed memorabilia from Amelia Earhart, John Glenn, and Neil Armstrong, as well as production pieces from Star Trek. TV Guide's description of Season 23's 19th episode reads, quote, Space-themed treasures are featured including NASA space program autographed photos, a 1737 celestial and terrestrial atlas, and a Star Trek treatment, script, and letters, end quote. The Chicago Tribune also posted an interview with longtime antique roadshow appraiser Layla Dunbar, so be sure to check out the show notes for a link. I one time had to tell John Glenn that there were no movie theater seats available for him and his daughters to see the movie Gravity. Really? Yeah. What? Why? Because the the theater was full, so there were no there were no seats available for him and his daughters to see the movie. So I had to tell him I had to I had to say sorry sorry Mr. Spaceman Senator there are no seats available for you and your daughter just to see the movie Gravity of all movies. Sir Wilfred Laurier, are you out of your Vulcan mind? Who is Sir Wilfred Laurier? You may be asking. Well, he is the first French Canadian Prime Minister of the Dominion of Canada and the face of Canada's $5 bill. And he is being transformed into our beloved Mr. Spock. In a trend that is currently accompanying the hashtag Spocking Fives, budding Canadian artists are drawing pointy ears, slanted eyebrows, and Starfleet Deltas on the Canadian $5 bill, turning the former prime minister into a Vulcan first officer. While the act is technically not illegal, the Bank of Canada warns, quote, there are important reasons why it should not be done. Writing on a banknote may interfere with the security features and reduces its lifespan. Markings on a note may also prevent it from being accepted in a transaction. Furthermore, the Bank of Canada feels that writing and markings on banknotes are inappropriate as they are a symbol of our country and a source of national pride. End quote. That was my best corporate voice. I hope to never have to use it again. Well, Captains, that's all the news we have to trek out this week. Now let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Captains, as we mentioned in our introduction for this episode, much of the weekly production costs of Priority One are brought to you by our patrons. But there are some additional expenses that come up from year to year. Trips to Vegas, trips to conventions, and unexpected expenditures on equipment. Thankfully, we've teamed up with Mixed Dimensions, the company that allows you to 3D print your Starship 
from Star Trek Online. The best part is that you don't even have to be a Star Trek Online player. You can just explore their extensive library of ships that have already been uploaded by players, and you can go ahead and rename the ship and give it a unique registry number. Anthony, a few weeks ago, we posted our unboxing of three ships that you had received. How are those holding up? And what, what can you tell us in a summation of that unboxing video? Yeah, uh, Mixed Dimensions sent us what I thought was the Pathfinder ship, but it was actually a different ship, but it's based on the Intrepid class, and it's a Star Trek Online variant of that class um, in the uh, smaller version. Uh, and then they sent us a medium-sized ship, which was really nice, which was the Shran class, one of the new Discovery Era updated ships for 2410. And that is a really nice ship. Very, It's got some weight to it, nice and smooth. The details look fantastic. The, the coloring and just the crispness of the lines of the Starfleet logos and everything just looked really nice. And then there was the Sojourner class, which is a variant of a tier six variant of the Odyssey. And, you know, that's got a lot of complicated pieces, including the gap between the drive section and the saucer. It also had some kit bash warp nacelles on it that had some little wings that came out and just everything came out really nice and was, you know, again, really crisp, clean lines, the detail was really amazing. I was really impressed with how clear and how defined the physical details of the ship were, and then how the coloring was then printed onto it. Really nice, and and I, I it makes me want to get uh, my own bigger ship now because I've seen what they can do at the larger size. Well, if you are interested in trekking out that video, visit us over on our YouTube channel. Links, of course, will be in the show notes for a complete unboxing done by Anthony. With options starting at just $19.99 for a 4-inch color print and the reintroduction of their hand-painted models, there's no reason why you shouldn't add a unique starship to your collection, customized just for you. Now, the best part of this partnership is not just that we're talking about the ships, but we're also providing 20% off of your order of all ship sizes in all styles. Just use code PRIORITY20, that's the word PRIORITY and the numbers 2-0 at checkout. So jump into Star Trek Online, upload your favorite ship, or just browse their extensive library of preloaded ships, change the name, change the registry, and start building your own armada today. Again, use coupon code PRIORITY20, the word PRIORITY and the numbers 2-0 to save 20% off your order. We thank Mixed Dimensions for their support of this podcast. Console captains can now claim the free Rise of Discovery pack in their respective game stores. PlayStation Plus users can claim the free pack, which contains one Cobalt Combat Tardigrade, one Cobalt Covert Assault Drone Pet, and three Master Keys. Xbox One captains will receive a Verdant Combat Tardigrade, a Verdant Assault Drone, and three Master Keys as well. There are no details on if or when this promotion will end, so be sure to grab your free pack today. Um, they've done this in the past with some stuff, but I, I think the three free master keys is pretty good. They get a free pack? That's awesome. We didn't get a free pack on PC. They did a similar thing when uh, Mirror of Discovery launched. They gave out a, um, a variant of the Emperor's Sword. And they did they did a cobalt a cobalt version for the PS4 players and a uh, version for the um, Xbox players. I have an account on on PlayStation and I play every once in a while. So um, it's nice that they throw this kind of stuff out every once in a while with with certain launches. 
Yeah, I think console players have it a little tougher, so I don't begrudge them any cool stuff they get. They deserve it. Well done, console players. If you're still on the hunt for any of the Discovery-era lockbox ships, all three of the Discovery lockboxes have returned to the game on PC. The Discovery, Emperors, and Section 31 lockboxes will now randomly drop when defeating enemies. All three boxes are also available for free in both the Zen and Dilithium stores. These lockboxes will remain available until August 1st. If you're not a lifetime member for Star Trek Online, now may be the time. Lifetime subscriptions are on sale for both PC and console. Save $100 off a lifetime sub on PC or save 33% off the lifetime subscription on consoles from now until August 1st. Check out the show notes for a full list of all the perks that come with being a lifer. All right, Captains, it's been about a week or so since the RISA summer event has gone live, and I'm curious to know what your first impressions are. Cat, uh, what? how are you enjoying this RISA event? Oh, I love RISA. It's, and the lighting, it's so beautiful. I mean, it's cool to just go there and hang out if you're doing your dailies or whatever, but, you know, I love going to RISA. Dance party you know, flying around on the floater. Yeah, it's all great. Now, it's still too early to have earned the ship, right? You could earn the ship if you want to spend all your lobby, but I don't, so I'm only like 200 vouchers in. So I know some players that have really been looking forward to the T6 uh, Rising Corvette, so they already have it, Uh, but I'm just going to grind for it. I have a Klingon character that flies the Tier 5 Rising Corvette, so... I'm looking forward to upgrading that character to this new one. And I'll probably end up getting the pilot version as well from the fleet store. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So one thing that you could have done by now is earned one of those vanity shields or, you know, anything else from the Lolonut store. Um, I think I started this event with maybe 250 Lolonut favors, and it took me about two days to get the thousand I needed for the vanity shield. Now, for those of you that may not be aware, I'm a bit of a Power Rangers fan. It was my era, Mighty Morphin and Zeo. And after Zeo, that's, that's, Zeo's my last Ranger era. And to be fair, if you like Mighty Morphin, you have to like Zeo. But anywho, um, I was really looking forward to the Bozeman Titans one, that black and gold color scheme, because I'm thinking, yeah, black Zeo Ranger, I'm going to be able to deck out my ship. It's going to look so cool. I, maybe I might even 3D print it. <laughs> I earned my 800 Lolanut favors, and I bought the Bozeman, and I am not happy with how it looks in my ships. And I've tried it on, like, three different ones. It didn't look like the blog post right the the blog post it was like a black with a gold tint to it almost kind of thing um a metallic looking color but on any other ship i don't know if maybe it's just designed for the rysian tier 6 ship that's available this year but on any other ship it's literally like part of your ship is black and part of your ship is a very yellow gold color have you is that were you looking at it just in the ship tailor or did you in the ship tailor and in space? Oh, so you did space. you did go out and check it in space because I know yes, sometimes yeah. the lighting is a little weird in the ship tailor, so you really got to take it for a test drive. And the thing about the ship tailor is that the vanity shield overrides your hull type, so you can't even change the hull to maybe maybe make it look smoother with like a veteran hull, or it just it just didn't. I'm I was disappointed. Yeah, I really don't like that you can't 
mess with the vanity. Sh- I'm like, you can't update your ship visuals while wearing a vanity shield. You know, I like the customization, but I get that the vanity shield is supposed to be set that way, but I like to mess with it. Anthony, have you had an opportunity of doing anything in the summer event this year? I've been playing around a little bit. I made a character but after the event last year, and I wanted them to have some of the board shorts. So earlier today, I went on and did some dancing, did some powerboard racing, and got some more of those favors to get uh, the board shorts for my character named Paul. Yeah, it really doesn't take long to say, you know, to stock up on favors, you know, give yourself a couple of hours and you've got at least 500 or 600 to get something. But yeah, it doesn't take long. I actually enjoy most of the activities in the summer festival also. The powerboard racing and I actually like the uh, artifact finding one from the Ferengi guy. Oh yeah, you either love that one or hate it. Uh, for some reason, I I like it, I get it, and when I do it, I always find the artifact. It's not a, it's not a Like, problem. within how long, though? See, it takes me, if I do, it takes me like the full 10 minutes, because I'm like, oh my god, where is this thing? <laughs> it probably takes me two, two to four minutes, <gasps> two to five what? minutes at most. Here's what I discovered, is that I don't take like two steps and then scan and another two steps and scan. I will scan and then maybe start with like five paces scan again and then go 20 paces and scan again oh you're doing too short that's too short 20 paces i scan and then i go a quarter of the way across the island in a straight line and then i scan again because then that'll that'll help you narrow it down faster i i don't want to go halfway across the island only to say that you're farther away you're using the floater right yeah i'm using the floater or i'm or i'm walking i mean it's never taken me the full amount of time but it's and it definitely the first time i did it that was confusing. That I was like, what am I doing? I have no idea what this is about. Oh, I like, I don't know. I got it. I like it. I know exactly how it works. Must be like a personality type thing. Because, yeah, I like dance party. That's easy. You got to triangulate the location. So you go, you scan once. You go in a straight line halfway across the island. You scan again. That'll eliminate half the island. Then you start moving into the other corner of the triangle, and then you'll eventually find it. I'm going to get ranty here for a second, because if I were to label myself, it would most certainly be, you know, the the casual MMO player, the casual Star Trek Online player. I have a max out character. I have a very good handle on the game mechanics for Star Trek Online. It's not like whenever I jump in, I don't know what I'm doing or whatnot. But there were a few things in my recent play sessions that kind of made me think for starters um the lola not store right getting to that store is not intuitive under the events tab right well you've got to go to your events store right you've got to go to the events store if i've never played the game before and i have a friend say hey look it's a summer event it's beautiful try it out you get a free ship whatnot you got to earn these things finding that store is not easy One of the reasons why I think I was able to find it as fast was because I knew to right-click the item, I knew to hit detail, I knew to read what it said. But if you're new to the MMO genre, it is not intuitive to find out where to spend the Lolonaut favors. It's not like there's a contact on the island. There There is, is, though. Next Next to to the the tailor. Yeah, Ricey and Bender. Well, geez, I've been playing seven years, (laughs) and I, I I was inside the resort, and I still didn't see him. Yeah, it's out on the boardwalk next to the tailor. And, and when you go inside, you can buy the power boards from the guy. But the whole store is from that one other guy. 
Yeah, you see, I it's I, I, I've been playing this game since launch, since beta, right? And even now, I still had to go. Wait a minute, where do I go to spend the Lolana favors? Oh, okay, the the reputation store. Oh, okay, I see. I gotta click on the bottom. It's it's several clicks before you before you get to the store via the UI. And then on the map, I didn't even you see contacts on the map, and I didn't even see like Lolanot store. Like it's not. It, I didn't see it on the map. So. I think the point that I'm trying to make in this particular instance is that for an event like this, which is intended to draw returning players and perhaps even new players, some of these things should probably be a little more in your face with like a big sign that says, spend the crap you earn here. Don't you want an Epo friend? Or, you know, a button on the UI that pops up whenever you're on the map that says store and then you spend the items in the store. It's just a little tweak that I think would, that would make the user experience a little better. No, I agree. Um, and I know that uh, Andre, the executive producer, the new executive producer, has mentioned that that's one of the things that they're, that he is trying to get improved in the game. If you notice in Operation Repost, they actually have a big shining beam of light to where you're supposed to bring those captured Klingon escape pods, where the Baran is, oh, yes. right, right, right. and yes. that you know the big triangle. So that's that's new, and I think that eventually, hopefully, that'll be extended to things like special stores and other things that we're having a hard time finding. I will say that I think when you first go to the island, if it's your first time doing the event. There is a reputation mission that you have to do to unlock the store. And I actually would think that it's easier for new players to figure out where the store is than it is for returning players. Because a lot of us who are casuals will come in when there's a new event happening. I mean, thankfully, they're doing more events now than they have in the past. But, you know, it's been a year since we've gone to this place or thought about these items. And so you sometimes don't remember where that stuff is. So, but yeah, I agree. Hopefully they can they can figure out a way to make those kinds of things more prominent uh, where we can spend those items, where we can spend those favors and things like that. You segued me very well in terms of the casual player that, you know, may spend a year not coming back, which is not us. Obviously, we play much more than that. I was thinking the other day, I was trying to get through through the fifth mastery for the Baran. And I realized, oh, okay, I'll just jump in a random, forgetting that the random can also throw you into a ground mission, a random TFO, which gives you bonus rewards when playing, right? If you select a random, you get extra rewards for having done random. When I ended up being on the ground mission, I was disappointed. I was like, boo, uh, my goal is to level up my mastery for my ship so I can switch over to the fleet version of it uh, while using the starship trait, perhaps, and experimenting with it. Alas, I've been stuck doing a ground mission which does not contribute to that. So it got me thinking, why not do three different reward tiers for random? I mean, I'm sure that there are reasons such as game development, but for instance, I tend to like space battles way more than I like ground combat. And I think that even in interviews, it's safe to say that a majority of players do tend to skew more towards space battles in terms of preference. What about catering to those two audiences or three audiences? The first audience who loves their space battles create a UI option that allows you to join any random space TFO. And that gives you maybe one times the bonus rewards. And then another one for ground. And that gives you one X 
one times the bonus for a TFO. And then a third option, which is random everything, and that gives you maybe 1.5 times the reward bonus. I think that you would end up targeting and catering to a broader audience that would entice people to come in, complete their endeavor projects, their daily endeavors, get through whatever content they wanna to get to, right? Because the idea is that we want people to play missions. You want people to play the content. I totally understand that. And the random TFO bonuses was an excellent step in that direction. I think, however, that you would get an even better and larger pool of people if you could choose, for instance. Now, yes, maybe you would see fewer people playing ground combat because they'd be playing space. Yeah, but you know what? At least people are playing all of the space content. I think, yes, the that a choice between space and ground would be welcome and only i know some people prefer space but yes to do your endeavors you sometimes have to do ground but also because of your um you know when you set up your specializations like it's you can't change it once you've decided to queue up for a random so you don't know if you should spec for space or ground so you're stuck so it would be nice to be able to change your specialization on the fly or give you an option for space or ground Right. And I would be absolutely okay with if you select space or you select ground, your bonuses may not be as impressive as if you do a random for either one. And, and that's a good point, too, because I'd never thought of it. I'm like, why can't they just give us a choice for space or ground and then, you know, keep the rewards? But yeah, I mean, if there was a bigger incentive to stay fully random or whatever, whichever is easier to do, but it. At least a choice or at least to be able to change your specializations would be nice. I disagree. I think random should be random. I think one of the reasons is, is that when you give players a choice, I mean, obviously space combat is more fun. It's more enjoyable. They really, this game really nails it. I like ground. Ground combat is different. And I think a lot of people, they, they don't, they don't want to do both. They just want to do one or the other. They want to be good at one or the other. Um, I think if you give players a choice, you're going to create a division and then you're not going to have as many people playing ground as you are space. That's just going to be a given. I mean, that's a fact. And I think that that's then going to diminish the ground choice more than the space choice. Right, and that may be why they decided to just make it fully random in the first place, because they wanted people to play all the TFOs, not just space or ground. Exactly, and the other thing is I agree with you about uh, specializations, and we've actually brought that up to Al in the past, and they said that they were going to look into that about possibly being able to allow us to adjust them after we enter the the mission. I think that you then just go back to the previous issue of people queuing up for missions that they want to do and then nobody else joining those queues. I completely disagree because here's the difference. Before the random feature was introduced for TFOs, previously known as queues, people were playing the new hotness and nobody was playing the old stuff right? And the new hotness was either space or it was ground or it was either one or the other or both, depending on, on, on the release. And it was always the new hotness took precedence over any of the TFOs. Random was introduced and now it allowed for content to be played by players that may have never been played before. That's great. I do not disagree that randoms weren't a great, great incentive for TFOs, cues. However, you know, 
For the old players like us. No, for the old players like us, they were STFs. I miss those things. That's right. That's a good point. They're STFs. First of all, there are dozens of TFOs, STFs, Qs, whatever you want to call them. There are dozens for both ground and space, right? Dozens. It's an exhaustive list of content. Why not? Yes, ground may suffer a little bit because everybody might jump on, on the space content. I think that's telling more of ground combat than anything else. I hate to say it. Be that as it may, you're still getting players to play content. Old content, new content, done through random. Except in this case, you are now giving players the option. I want to play a random space queue. I want to play a random ground queue. And I know and I recognize that my bonus may not be as handsome as if I just did a random for anything. But I would rather play space. Let's build upon this even further. Then you have a weekend event where if you do a random ground, you get three times the bonus. Uh, another week, if you do, it, it's a space event or it rotates every other week. It rotates on which one is, is, the, is the, the bonus reward or the most bonus reward. I, I think that you're not fragmenting the audience by doing this. Instead, you're actually drawing more people in. I, I just don't see people queuing up for the random ground. I would. Would you do it if it wasn't an endeavor? I, I probably would, because I actually love to play ground missions, and I love a lot of the ground TFOs, except Bug Hunt. Uh, that one can just <laughs> go away forever, as far as I'm concerned. But, um, but like Brotherhood of the Sword, I love to play that. That's fantastic. Um, there's a lot of awesome ground cues, especially, you know, when we do the Priority One Armada live on Saturdays, you know, we go do a lot of those. So it's it's more fun, I think, for me to do it with fleet mates or Armada members than if you have a group of people that you can, you know, play with. That's what I like about them. But I also like ground. So, I mean, I like to set up my ground builds and I like to set up all of that stuff, too, in addition to space. So. Somebody on Twitch is mentioning that, you know, maybe ground should just be reserved for missions only. I mean, I disagree. I think that there's some really good ground TFOs, and I think that it's just different. And, I, you know, somebody said it earlier in chat that it took them a while to get it. You can mindlessly do ground, or you can put in a little bit of work, and then you can make it fun. You can make it something that's enjoyable. Because the game is so space-oriented in a majority of the content that's just easier to go with. It's like, oh, I've got my space build, everything's space, I'll just go this direction. If you look at the different ground builds and the different things you can do, you can really add some variety to it but you got to put some work into it. And I think that that's the biggest difference is that sometimes people just don't want to put the work into it. I mean, I didn't for the longest time or I just didn't think about it. Work into what? The default is, oh, I'm going to have this set of rep gear and this weapon because it's the strongest and I'm just going to go through ground like this. But that's not the only way to do it. I mean, I don't disagree that ground has issues. I mean, I find myself now with my Discovery character, I'm creating a melee style ground build because I just want something interesting. I want something different. Yeah, I did a knockdown build and it's awesome. <laughs> you just knock people over all the time. It's fantastic. I think what's interesting is that the developers give us choices, but a lot of us tend to just go with what's easiest. Mm -hmm. So is that their fault or is it our fault? I don't think it's a fault necessarily. It's just, you know, play to your style. I've got 38 characters. They all kind of have different setups. 
So right, and, and play to your style, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's an excellent point, Cat. She said, play to your style. It's not easier to play space. It's more fun in most cases. Look, there are there are certainly moments in the game where you have to play ground combat in order to you know earn X, Y, and Z. I get it. That's fine. Okay, when I have to do that, then I'm gonna random up for ground combat only. If there's an endeavor reward or an endeavor goal that I have to meet that requires me to go to ground, then if I'm in the mood that day, then I'm gonna random up for just ground combat and get bonus rewards for randoming up in ground. I'm not saying I don't want to play ground. I'm saying that. If I don't have to, I'm not gonna because I prefer my pew pew in space. <laughs> and I think a lot of us feel that way. But even in the story missions, like what about the newest missions with Lorca? Those missions No, are I'm not talking amazing. about No, no, no. Missions are separate because missions tell a story. Mission ground combat missions are great. Those are super fun. I'm just talking about, you know, the, TFO, the grindy tasks that have to be done. Is really what I'm talking about, which are TFOs and Qs and and STFs, right? If I have to keep adding to my reputation, right like for instance i my discovery reputation if i have to keep adding to that preferably i'm gonna want to do space combat that's the that's the fun that's where i find the most fun if i'm gonna grind i'm gonna grind out in space we've talked about mm about star trek online being a very unique mmo giving players the option to be solo giving players options to do essentially go on their own right do what you want to do you could go zero to 60 without talking to another human being Uh, yeah okay i get that so why not add more to the user experience and expand on this 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 random theory this theory of incentivizing random play except incentivize space incentivize ground and then incentivize by an additional multiplier if you are the player that doesn't care what you play you enjoy both i don't see how that could hurt if you're giving an additional bonus and multiplier for random all. I guess my point is that, I mean, they already do that. Like they give you a, a multiplier for random all. Yes. So knock me down a bit so I can play random only space and I will play all that space. Con- give me all that space. Content. But why not just queue up for a space mission instead of doing random? Ah, because therein lies the problem is no, that the bonus let's, reward. One is the incentivization of playing something random. And two, I I won't wait to play an old mission. You know, I don't want to have to, I just, you know, random space. Let me play it. You can queue up for all the space missions at once. What do you mean I can select all of them at once? I can select all of the space queues at once and then the first one that pops will go. You can go through and yeah, queue up for anything space. I don't know if you can filter for space or ground, but if you did, you just have to queue up for them. You can filter for space, you you just filter for ground. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. check them all. Yeah. Oh, never mind that. The whole point is moot. <laughs> did I wait? wait did I just? I did mean, I just? Rant did I just negate your entire argument right there? You just negated my entire argument. My whole point was that I want to be able to jump in and play and you know select all of the space combat and let the system pick whichever. Yeah, yeah you so can, you can do that. manually select all space yeah, combat. Yeah, it's not. Do I have to click each one? I have to click each TFO. I'm pretty sure there's a select. Like step one is you filter to space, and then I'm pretty sure that there's a a check mark that you'd hit it and it and it queues up for all of them seriously want to try that right now all right so this should be our weekly top tip <laughs> dude i've been playing this game since beta and i didn't know that you could do this this ability was in the game before randoms what was being able to queue up for all space <laughs> oh man 
if I wanted to do all like either elite or advanced, go down to the bottom, see where it says space. Right to the right, there's a check mark for your difficulty level. Go down there <laughs> and select your difficulty level. <laughs> Holy this cow! Is awesome. <laughs> I never have we're done teaching, that. We're so teaching everybody. Know. Yeah, that's wow. our top tip this week, people. <laughs> Problem solved. Holy cr- yeah, problem solved. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice if I got a little bonus reward for. Well, you don't because random. you're not doing random. But, but you just no, said that you no, should no, be well, incentivized for doing full random, but you're not doing full random, so you don't no, no, get the reward. No, no, you're not listening to me. I said yes. You get you you get two times if you do all random, and you only get one time if you do random space. Right, one time's normal though, right? Like yeah, one time normally would right, get. Well, the, that's what you're like, getting. Yeah, but the, you're adding a bonus reward for not for no work on your part. Because you're saying we had to click that one button. You, no, no. But you're saying <laughs> you're saying, oh, I want to play just space, so I should get rewarded for playing just space. But that's random, just space. I don't want to get a bonus to just play infected over and over I, and over again. I want. Look, I want to play. I'll be honest with you. I click random all, and I usually get infected space. 57% of the time. Our Starbase one. <laughs> Being able to queue up for all space has been in the game for a long time. So why would they all of a sudden incentivize it? The concept of joining random was not to incent- necessarily incentivize reward earning, but to incentivize playing old content for rewards. Right. So people who needed... Let's say somebody was brand spanking new today and needed to earn... Romulan reputation marks or Nukara reputation marks. My point is that when was the last time you played that Alachi shuttle mission on the beach? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Never. Where you're flying your <laughs> shuttle on the planet attacking the Alachi tentacle monsters. The walker things in the yes. water? Oh, what is the name of that? I've mission? never played that. I, I don't that's know. exactly my point. When we're done recording tonight, I'm going to go queue up for that so that I can play that because I don't know what that is. There's a lot of old both ground and a lot of old space content. Heck, if I want to randomize my space play, why not? And if I could get a little bit of a bonus, sure. But now that I know that you can select <laughs> all the space content and it'll randomly, quote unquote, select which one nice. is up next. Great. That's cool. Well, you'll be added to the first one that fills up, which is technically how it it works with the random. I think we've all learned something today. <laughs> this 10-year-old game can still surprise even the beta players. <laughs> this game is so is so expansive. It's been around for so long and it has so much in it that oftentimes even us players that play on a regular basis, we overlook something sometimes because we right. just don't it, it we don't spend enough time in a certain area. I'll be honest with you, the Dyson Sphere missions are brand new to me. I did not play any of that content when it first came out, and I tended to skip over that content as I leveled up characters, and I'm just now able to go back and enjoy those missions for the first time because I've never done them before. Well, Captains, that brings us to our next community question this week. Would you like to see random TFO split into space and ground and all with varying reward multipliers for each? Let us know in the comments section for this episode on the brand spanking new PriorityOnePodcast.com or by replying to our social media posts for this episode. That's it for this week in gaming news. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. 
Well, captains, hailing frequencies are now open, and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages. Episode 420's first community question was, are you going to San Diego Comic-Con this year? What are you most looking forward to? From Instagram, Paper Polish Hoarder writes, I'm most looking forward to the Trek block of panels on Saturday, but not looking forward to the wait in line to get in for Saturday. <laughs> For sure. Also from Instagram, JS Aphilis writes in, In for the con. Looking forward to Saturday's panel in H Hall. Dreading the line. Oh, and I'm a bit disappointed that the Orville panel must be skipped due to the Trek panel timing. Guess that's what YouTube is for. Episode 420's second community question was, What do you think about the Tier 6 Ryzean Corvette and the Ryzean Pilot Corvette? From Twitter, Josh Farnsworth, The Corvette is awesome, especially with the pilot maneuvers. On our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, Sean Newboy wrote in, Solution? Or Soliton? Now I'm confused. Always fun to hear from the devs. Thanks for joining us. Wonderful show, everyone. Well, that wraps up episode 421 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log, Women at Warp, The Trek Files, and daily Star Trek news, visit podcast.roddenberry.com. But before we go, here's our community questions for this week. How, if at all, did the Grand Nagus affect your opinion of the Ferengi? And... Would you like to see random TFOs split into space and ground, and then an option for all, with tiered incentives for each? Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. Or just do a search for Roddenberry, where you can get a list of all of the Roddenberry Network shows. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 8 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Admiral Winters and me and the Priority One Armada. Saturday nights, the Armada broadcasts live to review the latest Star Trek online and Armada news, as well as spotlight some of the amazing members in our community. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, to earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular giveaways, there's something for all STO players, new and old. Follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times, and if you'd like to join the Armada, visit PriorityOneArmada.com. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, The Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your host. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to Heroes risepodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio editors, William Hardy, Brandon Parker, Rand Hurl, 
Daniel Stevens, and Skiffy. Thanks to our producer, Jake Morgan, for assisting in the production of our weekly show. Thanks to our community manager, Shane Hoover. Thanks to our graphic artist, Henry Pomper, with support from Jason Smith of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Sue, no. Engage. It was a Canadian corporation, so shouldn't it have been like, <laughs> there are important reasons why you should not be doing this. Write on the banknote that may interfere with the security features of resources and lifespan, eh? I think you're, that's, you, that you went way Minnesota, <laughs> way Minnesota on that. I need to get you do know that Minnesota borders peaks. Canada, right? <laughs> I do know that, but Minnesota has its own dialect and it's not it's the same. very, very similar. Very similar. You know what? My girlfriend would probably argue Oh my God. As a matter of fact, I don't even need to have my girlfriend argue with you about it. I can argue with you about it. Where's my dictionary? I'd book? rather I'd dictionary? rather have an argument with her. Because <laughs> usually what ends up happening is that she agrees with me by the end of it. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I can't wait for her to listen to this episode. <laughs> I'm like, I can't wait for her to listen email. to this episode. <laughs> you see, even Harvey Lee in the chat says, nah, that's Minnesota Fargo there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, you should look where Fargo is on a map. Are you, how dare you talk to our listeners like that? You pompous, you know what, I, I never, you know, uh, you're fired. You know what, you're fired. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> you got to fire me three times tonight because I've been gone for three weeks. So you got to, you got to make, you got to make up for it. Now let's check out all the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. You want to say that again without sounding <clears throat> like a drunk? <laughs> <laughs> now let's check out all the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. <laughs> podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network